table six points like Ryan Daniels. I was going to say, I, I, think he's listened to I haven't done one, too much. Not typically <laughs> on the Thursday I asked Nick about 65 <laughs> questions before. So hold on a minute. How many, what are we doing here? <laughs> Great supporter of the uh, Hardball Gets podcast. G'day everybody and welcome back to the Hardball Gets AFL show. Completely packed for work in the weekend, this podcast is brought to you by the new Mazda BT50 SP. It's a complete package. Today on the show, it's the six points heading into the AFL Grand Final. And we're also heading into the last week of the Streamer Screamer competition. So if you've got a local sporting highlight, upload it to our platform at streamer.com.au forward slash screamer and be in a chance to win $3,000. All right, let's get stuck in. This is the Hardball Gets AFL Show. My name's Nick Rin, joined by Ryan Daniels uh, here in Melbourne, and then back home in Perth, Chris Robinson. What's going on, gents? We are worldwide. I feel like I've just been I've just been left on the scrap heap here, guys. <laughs> the last the last one standing. It's like a Titanic, and you're on the boat still, and we're on the raft. So we're going. You okay up there, man? There's not you enough. Cool? Yeah, I'm. I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the orchestra guys who's still playing as the <laughs> yeah, uh, ship's going there's down. There's not enough room on the door, Jack. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How how's the vibe over in uh, in the the sporting capital of the world? I, I was going to bring this up. I've been here for four days, and granted, I've been very sick, so I've spent a lot of time in the hotel room trying to make mm-hmm. sure that I'm not going to die before the grand final. There's not a real vibe. Oh, there was a vibe last night. I was well, out and yeah, about. Well, you you yeah. would have been at some <laughs> pub till all hours. I was of the at morning. a pub in Richmond. I didn't. I haven't felt like there's a grand. Fi- I mean, I was here two weeks ago for the Dockers Collingwood game. It doesn't feel any different to that. Yeah, right. In fact, that was a bit more hectic because I guess it was Collingwood. The difference is like Geelong. People got to remember Geelong are an hour out of the city, mm. at least. Mm-hmm. Sydney aren't even here yet. So, the, like, there's no Melbourne-based team here. I do feel like if Collingwood were in the grand final, I would probably feel differently right now. Yeah, to be going nuts. But I, just, I haven't seen any people walking around with scarves. I haven't seen any, like, you know, bands playing, you know, footy songs. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just because I have been sick. Maybe I missed it. Well, I would say there's not. I haven't seen a lot of footy-themed activity, but I suppose just being like, I realise I haven't been in, in Melbourne since the 2019 grand final. Right. So it probably just looks very active to me because I've been very clo- uh, like cloistered over, you know, over yeah, in yeah. But yeah. there But there, there were people everywhere last night. They were about to go into a four-day-long weekend. So the, uh, That's true. It was buzzing. That's And and then that helps. tomorrow the parade, have you, I'm assuming, will kick things off. Yeah, yeah I was, yeah. was going to say, have you seen anybody camping out along the Yarra <laughs> no. for just A1 prime location no. for the parade? Nah, I, there's a few tents set up, but there's no- Are there? Yeah, there's like a, not like punters tents, like I'm oh, guessing they're like, like emergency tents or sponsor tents yeah, or something. Gotcha. They're just- I noticed on the way here there was a few. I was like, "Where are these tents?" It's like, "Oh, they're up parade." Yeah. So yeah, they're going to go along that parade uh, along the water there, and then get off. It's going to be a very COVID-friendly parade. So normally at the start of the grand final parade, the media goes hectic. You've been in there, Nick, and yeah. it just you can interview any player, and everyone runs around trying to grab as many as they can get. Yeah. It's we just got the uh, information about tomorrow. It's going to be far different. It's, it's only, only like three players, per three team, players eh? per team. You got to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. It's like a press conference sort of vibe. It's which is no fun. I mean, the the fun part is about you know getting getting some different grabs from these guys, getting a bit more personal. Mm. Um, but we won't get to do that, unfortunately. That used to be mayhem. It was may. It's it's actually the most intense but fun part of the year or for yeah. a sports journal because yeah. it's just like right. You got five minutes. Talk to as many players as you can. Mm. You've got the two or three you really want to hit. Obviously, for us, it's always WA guys plus maybe you know a big star. Yep. You just got to go hammer and tong, and you only get one shot at it because yeah. as soon as you're done, the next guy jumps in, and it's 
absolute chaos, but we won't have that this year. You know what always uh, pissed me off about grand finals? Like so there's a parade and then also the rooms after. So the first time I did, uh, I, I worked a grand final, it really pissed me off. And then the second year I was doing it too, is the uh, recorder over the top. So you're doing an interview and yeah. you're already starting with a person and then someone just like drops their recorder over the top of you. There's a lot of, you. of like, double, mate, double plugging. Mate, there's a get, lot. Out of my, get out of here. Correct. But yeah, by, the, by year two I was doing it as And well. do you know what happens with – TV, like, so I didn't know this, and I don't know if it happens every time, but last, for in, for instance, last week in the rooms, I was doing interviews, and there was a print journal uh, who shall rename, remain nameless, yeah. um, was hovering above with his dictaphone, and it actually ruined my audio. Oh, really? It, it, some sort of radio signal. So I couldn't use the David Mundy interview that I did. Jeez. Um, because old mate had jumped in and had just decided, hey, I'll jump in on this. <laughs> um, and to be fair, I didn't. I didn't push him away. I was like, yeah, no worries, mate. Jump in because I didn't know that that was an issue. Yeah, it was, you didn't know it was ruining your The first time it's ever world. happened, but maybe it's some sort of new technology, but I've got to keep an eye out for that. You print journos, you're just hovering around. That's it, mate. Yeah, Can't trust you. We're bad news. Yep. So, so, guys, if the last – we saw this with the Geelong prelim in the last few minutes. The four guys who sit on the bench are your four most important guys, the four guys you don't want to get injured going into a grand final. Yeah, yeah. Is it the opposite with the three guys that you're putting up for the grand final? I think so. <laughs> well, so tomorrow? I don't think you're putting Buddy up. Well, so Sydney's put up Papley, so he's important. Oh, and okay. Hickey. And, so it's not the and opposite. And Tom then. Hickey, so he's their made man in the ruck. Yeah. And both very and important. And the headless chook, Chad Warner. So they, wow, they've got okay. to roll them out. They have not done that. No, now Geelong, though, let me just pull it up because <laughs> I have Geelong a feeling got. you might be slightly more Brian on the mark Myers with Geelong. Is out here. Well, oh, look, you know. They're not the mo- look. Tom Stewart's there, so he's pretty important. Yeah. Oh, wow. But then it's okay. Jake Collajajdi. Not yep. a huge demand for Jake. I wouldn't no. have thought. No offense to Jake. <laughs> and then Zach Tui, who's a good interview. Yeah. But it's not danger. And they're very like <laughs> it's very COVID safe, isn't that the thing on that press release that says like it's COVID safe? Oh yeah, got to wear masks. Mask. It's going to be very flat. Um, but. Yeah, Sydney's gone all in on the three. Now, I yeah, like that. Big I like the confidence. Roll them out. Yeah. Whereas clearly Geelong's three is a, you know, we're not so sure. We'll just play it pretty safe. They'll be here. okay. Yeah. Um, if we if they go down, they can probably still. Three defenders too. Interesting. Well, yeah. maybe then, yeah. Maybe it's not so uh, Could be a sign. cut and dry. <laughs> um, now, fortunately, Zave's travelling at the moment. Uh, he's coming over here and then having to go straight to a dinner, so we couldn't get him on. This week, uh, it's also something he probably like. He's still figuring out how to really come in on the the Hawthorne stuff this week, which we'll table um, pretty quickly up the, off the top. Um, yeah. But just to be clear, for those, a couple of people have reached out and asked why his social media's. He did that weeks ago. He, yeah. It was it was a accidental. So he's asked his mate to turn notifications off somehow because he didn't know how to do it, and his mates accidentally deactivated his account yeah, for thirty <laughs> days. And I I, I was said to it, maybe it's because of just too much traffic with you promoting stuff for free. That's right. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> maybe finally Instagram's cotton on and said, nah, mate, this guy, the local butcher, the local bottle we got, we got him on the streamer screamers Look, and it was one too much. Streamer screamers. <laughs> nah, he, so it's just a coincidence. But do you want to talk about it now? Uh, let's talk about it briefly. So obviously the report came out on the ABC later this week with a lot of like um, very serious claims from uh, former Indigenous uh, players at Hawthorne. This is on the back of their... External review, mm. but internal. Well, external review was external panel, wasn't it? External, yeah. yeah. Um, which was on the back of the the things that went down with Jeff Kennett and Cyril Rioli's mm. partner. Um, obviously, thrown up a whole lot more serious accusations, which now put the careers of Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan on on the line. I think it's pretty fair to say that. Yeah. Um, 
obviously yeah. horrible. And I don't know. I mean, the AFL have obviously made the right call going external, like getting an external panel to come in and do a wider investigation because mm-hmm. these claims were made on the back of an investigation which was specifically just about the treatment of First Nations people at Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, so the wider people, so Clarkson um, uh, and Fagan, et cetera, haven't been interviewed as part of that. So that'll come next. Um, but, look, it's been a pretty flattening probably a couple of days, hasn't it, in the lead-up? feels to me like, um, for one, if, if, if this stuff is all 100% true, it's extremely disturbing mm. and I don't think that anyone involved can work in football again. The part of this that concerns me is that um, we're at phase one of this process, mm. right? With the phase one is, well, I suppose we're at phase two. Phase one is the gathering of the information from the players yeah. and their partners and, and, and anyone report. else in that space. But it was only half of the people involved. So we're at phase two, which is where the allegations are made. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're in the public sphere. So already there's judgments being made and, um, you know, there's Clarkson's come out, Fagan's come out. They've said, we, you know, Fagan's just released a statement now, just five mm. minutes ago saying that he denies it. So they've both denied it. So now there'll be part three, which is this, Next level investigation, which I'm assuming will talk to all parties involved. Yes. So the parties that were already interviewed for the external review from Hawthorne, maybe, mm-hmm. hopefully, and then Clarkson, Fagan, anybody else that was involved from Hawthorne. So my only concern is that it, it's it's jumped it's jumped a couple of stages to a lot of people being the executioner straight away. Yeah. So I, I just think we all need to take a bit of a breath. I think it's right that everyone's taken this leave of absence, but they're going to have to move through this pretty quickly. That's what I was thinking because it's, I mean, these guys are the, Alistair Clarkson we know is making a lot of decisions at North Melbourne who don't have a list manager That's and don't right. have a head recruiter as well. That's right. Um, so it leaves a massive hole there. So what they do to address that is going to be pretty interesting. Well, you'd almost have to, I mean, this, that means you've got maybe two months maximum to get it done, to get this done. Now, you would hope things would happen pretty quickly anyway, given the seriousness of the allegations. Mm. And as I said before, I'm not playing it down. If, if this is true, okay. far out. Yeah. Like it, this done. is one of the most awful things you'll ever read. Um, but there needs to be the process. So they're going to have to move through it very fast. Otherwise, Clarkson won't be able to start at North. Mm. It'll bleed into next season. Fagan won't be there till this is all sorted out as well. Yep. Um, so there's multiple things that need to be pushed forward here. And I'm not saying footy is the most important part of it. Yep. But it is a part of it that has to be taken into consideration. So if you're North who said you didn't need a plan B, well, you kind of do, do now. Yeah. You really do. Um, who knows what that looks like? Um, yeah, really really feel for North in all this, guys. Obviously, the um, the an innocent party, if you will, and the, the timing is just horrible for them. Um, but, yeah, obviously agree with everything you say. We, we sort of live in a culture now where we want everything done instantly really quickly um and it's really important with this that we sort of find that you know balance between i guess rushing to condemn what on the surface look like absolutely horrific claims um and then the other side of it is taking the time to investigate and the notion of innocent until proven guilty Mm. without dismissing the validity of those claims um so you've it's one of those ones where there's there's no easy answer there's no quick fix um, we've just got to go through through the process and it'll all be borne out. And this is going to be really difficult for that investigation because mm. a lot of these conversations would have happened, you know, some of them 12 years ago, some of them six years ago, um, somewhere in between. Uh, and a lot of it is going to be word versus word. Yeah. 
you know, so it's it, it's going to be very difficult to work through. So it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out, but hopefully they can start moving forward pretty quickly mm. um, because there's a lot of people impacted by it. So should we leave it there? Yeah, I think we should leave it there. I think we've like pretty well covered it as far as we can to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in two days, what, wait, what day is it? <laughs> Thursday? Yeah. Two days we've got a grand final. Well, that's the other part of it because, I mean, maybe that's part of why also I just don't oh, feel dropped, like the hype's there this week. Maybe. It's been like, yeah, a lot of it's had the wind taken out of its sails. Absolutely. And could we just be clear that that's not why Zave's not on the podcast. He is traveling. He is actually in the air right yeah, now. It, yeah. it's, it's all just a coincidence. And, uh, you know, he's- and He's got 800 he's a, cashies to get to in he's the got a, He's hosting probably yeah. six lunches, <laughs> eight dinners tonight. Yeah, he was a lot of sportsmen's events yeah, to get yeah. to in the next forty-eight hours. That's for sure. Um, all right, well, so we got the grand final. Let's move on to the six points. Uh, for those who haven't come across the show yet, table six points. Like Ryan Daniels, I was going to say, I, I, think he's listened to I haven't done one. too much. Not typically <laughs> on the. Thursday I asked Nick one. about sixty-five <laughs> questions before. So hold on a minute. How many? What are we doing here? <laughs> Great supporter of uh, Hardball Gets Podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I listened to the one that I'm on. Yeah, so we roll out six, just everyone tables, two points going into the weekend. All right, so we got a few grand final themed ones, a few wider ones. So, uh, Robbo, why don't you kick us off? I will. The only, the only thing, um, the only thing that Rhino does is his bets every week under his own name on this Thursday. <laughs> yeah. the absolute. It's definitely not me. That's coming up short with him every week. It's like, um, literally should be betting on the reverse of your bets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Yeah, I mean, looking at the game, guys, I'm really interested by the fitness battle here. Um, These are two really, obviously, they're really good teams because they're the two best teams in it, but particularly running out games, closing out games, even if it didn't look like Sydney did particularly well last week. So Geelong haven't lost a fourth quarter since round six. So we have to go back to mid-April since the last time Geelong uh, lost a last quarter. But the Swans are the best second-half team in the comp. They've been running out games better than anybody. Mm. Last week was the exception rather than the norm. So the Swans in second halves this year are 20 wins and four losses. Wow. So they barely lose after halftime. Who who are we backing as the team with a superior fitness? And also, just as a further little nugget, um, the past eight grand finals have been won by the team that have, has won the third quarter, the premiership quarter. Past eight grand finals, if you win it, really? you win the flag. So this is a big – and it hasn't just been by a little bit. It's been by double digits every time. Think back to Melbourne last year and what they did out of the centre square sort of in time on in that third quarter. That's been the past eight. So who can get on top here in the second half? Who's going to run this game out the better? I love the premiership quarter – that is it, is it actually real a premiership quarter? I love it. Yeah, yeah now, it stands I'll, up. I'll put yeah. you on the spotty, Robbo, but you don't happen to have how those two teams have gone in third quarters this year, do you? <laughs> oh, uh, give me a minute. I'll try and figure it out. All right. Well, I, I've always believed that that third quarter does matter because you come out after halftime, you've both resets. had your speeches, you've both had your rev-ups, you've both you know, you, you gathered yourselves and that it's almost like the game starts again, as long as it's not a 10-goal deficit. Yeah. But if it's within four or five goals, it's game on. Uh, and whoever comes out and just, you know, hits them right between the eyes in that first couple of minutes, it, it, that matters, I think. Yeah. You know, well, Melbourne last year was a prime example there you of that. Go. We thought the Bulldogs were going to win a flag easily going into the half, and then That's right. they had that third-quarter centre stoppage dominance yep. that just turned the game completely. Yeah. I, look, I, in terms of the fitness thing, it's hard to say how much of it is fitness and how much of it is composure mm. as well. What I reckon Sydney might be fitness and, and Geelong might be composure. Yep. 
because you've got um, all these veterans playing for Geelong. You've got these – they're not the fast team. They've got a couple no. of faster players, but they're not a fast team. But I would say maybe they control the footy really well and the, the big guys convert. You know, their forward line yeah, converts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas they get I think, it done really easily. Yeah, whereas I think Sydney maybe are really fit. Like I think they, they're young. They, they run all day. Um, they take the game on a little bit. They get a lot more goals. I mean, pro, go, Geelong's goals primarily come from their forwards. That's uh, right. Whereas that's not really the case at Sydney. Like Sydney, I've got mm. a lot of goal-kicking midfielders. So maybe you're right. Maybe there's something in that. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Right, sounds so like Robbo's got that stat. He's, How's he go? he's a couple of hums. How'd you go? Uh, <laughs> I, did, I didn't find it exactly, guys. I was just agreeing with what you're saying. <laughs> it was, I, I, did, I did dig it up. I can't find exactly where it is now, but it was something like... Sydney was something like 18 and 6. Geelong was 16 and 8. It was something like that. They're both extremely good yeah. third-quarter teams. Right. Um, I mean, I think back to one of those Geelong wins. Um, I think it was the game that they played against Port in Port. They were kind of in – oh, no, it was the Bulldogs game. That's what it was. The Bulldogs game sort of in the last month or two of the season where they were in a bit of trouble at halftime. In the third quarter, they just went whack mm. and finished that game down at the Cattery. So, um, yeah, they're, they're both extremely good at running out games. It's going to be a really interesting watch. Uh, so the one I want to talk about in terms of the grand final um, is like a legacy question with Buddy. So Buddy's lost a lot of grand finals. If he loses this one, he'd be... Well, Has I he lost remember. a lot of grand finals? If he loses this one, he'll be four. So he's one... He's, how many has he won? Yeah, two and three. three or two? He's two, won two. Two and three so he missed the, the third. Yeah. yeah, so he's played five he's, and he's two and three. He's so he played in the 08 one, then yeah. played yep. in the first of the three, Pete, but then left. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. left yeah. at the and end then, of 2013. And then played oh. in the second one of the three-peat, but for I'm the other team. It just feels like he was at Hawthorne for so much longer, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, he was there for ages, but they only really made those two yeah. this time. Yeah, it's, you forget it, that he was, wasn't really part of that 3 I just always have him down as like a three- or four-time Hawthorne Premiership player in my head. Yeah, it's only two. And then I have to adjust it. So so he's two and four? Or is he two, two and three? three. Two and and three. If he, yeah, so if he wins, he goes like 50-50. If he loses, he goes two and four. <sighs> Which is he's always around the mark, and it's been – like his grand finals have been interesting. Like the Bulldogs won – he hurt his ankle early, uh, managed to play it out and had a couple of moments later. Yeah. I think 2012 against Sydney. Is that right? 2012 against Sydney? Sounds right. Yeah. He was really yep. like he was really good that day, um, but they were just better. Like yep. he had a really good third quarter, I think, off the top of my head. Um, but I remember thinking he was probably one of the best on ground, but just in a losing side. Um, but it does it like I, I don't know if it at all diminishes like his Sydney stay if he never gets one. I don't think it does because of everything else he's done. I think it goes the other way. I think if he if he doesn't get one, it's fine. Yeah, like I think he's it's still fine. buddy. He's got that moment with the thousand goals. He's, yeah, he's played out the contract and got another one, which is really almost it's unbelievable. Remarkable. Yeah, it's yeah, remarkable, yeah, yeah. really. And, and then if he gets the flag. It's a carrot it's on top. Absolute carrot on top? Cherry on top. Che- it's a cherry on top. You'd be a little bit disappointed <laughs> if you had a flat. carrot on it's top of your cherries, though. I mean, do you really, is it a cherry that you <laughs> Man, want on if top? If it's a proper cherry, not a glass A cherry, I'd hate them, but oh, real yeah, no, cherries. Gross. Ooh. You want a real one? The ones oh, you get yeah. at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, around. yeah. They're good. Not a carrot. Not a carrot. You're not a reindeer. No. I do like a carrot, but just not as a garnish on top of a dessert. Sorry, I'm dying. You go. But this is what, like, I would love to see Buddy be. You imagine him as like a three-plus premiership player, and that's putting an yeah. arbitrary number that I just pulled out of my head completely. On and, like, and one of those rare players that's a genuine star that's won multiple flags yeah. at different clubs. Yeah, yeah, you know, was able to translate yeah. it. Flags at different clubs. He's generally had two rare. people's. He's had two people's careers. Like but who, two different? Can clubs. you name? I mean, it's off the top of your head, but a, a star on that level that's won flags at two different clubs. 
on Buddy's level. Like Lee Matthews didn't do it. He was always Hawthorne. I mean, he, he coached one, Hawthorne. but that doesn't count. Um, like Carey didn't. Like her didn't. Like Ablett Senior didn't. They tend to stay. Like if you're Ablett talking Jr. about did. these absolute. Ablett Junior couldn't, couldn't quite get Ablett Gold Coast Jr. over didn't the line. Get Gold Coast over the line. Like if you look long down the path of the all-time greats, like I'm talking many. top 20 guys, there's probably someone from like the 40s that I'm forgetting. Mm. But in terms of the modern era, I can't think of any off the top of my head. No, was there? Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Barassi, no, he was always – he coached North and He Melbourne. coached a couple of different teams to mm. flags. But, yeah, I mean, and even that's not modern. I wouldn't say – Holy talking, Farmer, West Perth, Angelo. There you go. <laughs> but it doesn't happen often. So if he does it, it would put it would put that carrot on top. Yeah. I would have thought. That's what they – Oh, they got him for number. Maybe of it's reasons. a carrot and then a cherry on top of the carrot. A cherry on top of the carrot. This is <laughs> what this is. This is what Saturday is. This is the cherry on top of the carrot on top of who knows what. Yeah, the the one the one that I can think of. Um, Chris oh, Judd. I mean, there's a few AFL era wise. I mean, there's there's no one really. You're right. There's no one really on that absolute top level. There's some really good guys who are going to the Hall of Fame, and Sean Burgoyne's one of them. Yep. Yep. Um, who won flags at both. Darren Jarman won a flag at Hawthorne in 91 oh, as well yeah. as the Adelaide ones. Yep. Um, so he's kind of in that conversation. And then Gavin Wanganeen as well. Gavin Wanganeen. Oh, yeah, you forget about one, Wanganeen. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. of those he's three, yeah, Wanganeen's, they're all great. Mm. Like, but they're not in the buddy class. They're the A, no, no, B plus, A not. grade legacy types. Of yeah. Buddy, yeah. The a yeah. plus plus. A's, they're the next rung or two down. Correct. Absolutely. He's going to yep. have legend yep. status at some point in the Hall of Fame. Yep. They'll, they'll be in the Hall of Fame. He'll, he'll be the legend status guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, I think I think he might be the first. Uh, someone will t- text in and tweet in. Do that and let us know if you can think of one that's as good as Buddy mm. that's done it in the last, let's say, 30 years because anything before that, it's hard to sort of, you know, it's hard to gauge. Um, while we're on legacies, Paddy Dangerfield. Yeah. So he's at the other end of yes. the scale, right? Three hundred game player. Uh, this will be his first medalist. grand final at the G. True. The other, the other one was, yes. yeah. The other one was yes. at the Gabba with Britney Spears playing between goals. It was horrid. Um, oh, did they have music between oh, goals mate, that time? I was there, and, and it was awful. Like, mm. was it was it actually Britney Spears or was it? Yeah, just a I recording specifically of remember because it was lots of different songs. <laughs> Which Britney? Yeah, oh, they just wheeled her out. It was "Hit Me, Baby, One More Time," oh, and really? I remember because <laughs> I'd, I'd heard a few songs, and then when it got to Britney, I went, "Okay, that's enough." Like, that's, it wasn't that's even, not even like ACDC or something where you could fire yeah. up. That was just the first one. Like, yeah. well, that's not even a best. Like, I think a Toxic or something, that could go over. Toxic's pretty yeah. good. I think it's Toxic, but the top her, of the run for Her loneliness song. was killing her, though. Yeah, that's true. I liked uh, Another good song. Slave for You. That was pretty good. That was up there. It's pretty good. Well, you got to do a power rankings. With Britney <laughs> the Britney song. Off season, we could do <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, this is it. Uh, but yeah, it's it, so Danger. Obviously, left Adelaide. Then they make that grand final not long after he yeah, leaves, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, didn't go a year too after, well two years after. Uh, something it like was that. close. Mm. And then now he's at Geelong. They've lost that grand final up in the at the Gabba in the hub. Um, to me, he he's the one. I don't want to say he's got the most to lose from this grand final, but he kind of does. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you could attach Chris Scott in some way to that too, because I feel like he has at least this, he's got one. He does, but everyone considers that one as a yeah, flow on, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's a great coach. He gets them to prelims every time. He's got them through this time again. I feel like he needs to win one to just say, I did this one completely on my own. Yep. And Danger mm. definitely needs to win one so that we can say, hey, yep, now nah, this guy – I mean, we already think he's a, gr- a fantastic player, an, a great yeah. – he'll be a surefire Hall of Famer. But, he's, yep. but, again, he's not quite on that – He's kind of level. fading from the consciousness. And I think it's the same with like Nat Fife as well. Yeah, when you see him out there time. and they have a good game, it's like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Like, I forgot. Still, they've hit, they've still that in phase. Him. Buddy's in that phase too. Buddy's in that phase yeah. too, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bob's um, up every now and then, kicks four or five, and they go, hey, he's Yeah, but Buddy it. at least, like, Buddy's a, a little bit more. He delivers every month or so. Like, yeah. you, you kind of know. Whereas Danger's had, like, he's barely fought a shot this well, year, except before the prelim, clearly. And it's because of the those two guys, it's the way they play their footy. Like, Dangerfield's right. Bash crest, but burst. Yeah. Right? So you always remember Dangerfield bursting away from a pack, so strong, yep. and just that weird kicking style. And then he can't do the that all the time anymore. every time, yeah. And Fife, the bash, the crash, it just it, – look at his body. It's breaking yeah. down. So it's the way that they play, whereas Buddy could kind of still do half the things he used to be able yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But what do you think? Do you think but- Danger needs this flag to be – you know, solidified as an all-time great, yeah, or do you think no, he's there again? I think he's – no, I don't think he's quite um, hit that mark. Yeah. I think he's like a rung below that, but I think the flag doesn't matter either way. Like he is what doesn't he is doesn't matter now. either way? Yeah, I, I feel like that with him because he's not – I feel like the legacy stuff is like when you're – unless he's a Norm Smith medalist, right? Yeah. If he does a prelim again, then that adds to the, like, the danger field legacy yeah. and narrative. But I think if he's – Last legs kind of thing because you don't think Shane Crawford is like this. You know, he got it. He got it. He was in the danger zone where he. I suppose you're right, man. And he's like, you're like, I'm glad he got one. Yeah, but it's not how you think of Shane Crawford because he wasn't the damaging like me. When you think of Shane Crawford, what's the first thing you think of? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's the lasting image. Yeah, absolutely. He he doesn't. I think he doesn't need it, but by G, it helps a lot. Yeah, it helps the legacy. I also love that we got a by G on the podcast. By G, G Willick, G Long. (laughs) Well, that's 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 what I mean. Like, I think it's when you think of Shane Crawford, you think I'm glad he got one rather than like he was. Winning flags, and I think it'll be the same for Danger. You think back, like I'm glad he got one near the end, but, but it, it won't be like, his flag. It won't be his flag, like it would yeah. have been three years ago. Well, unless I mean, he is a Norfolk medalist, if he does, a and, he, and he absolutely could be. So the Cats made the adjustment from the qualifying final to the yeah. prelim. So the qualifying final, I don't know if you guys remember, he started each of those quarters on the pine. Yep. Um, and they came out a bit sluggish, rah, rah. and then you think about the way that he started that game in the guts. Uh, the prelim last Friday night and just absolutely grabbed it by the scruff of the neck super early. I don't think they'll be making the mistake of uh, leaving you on the pine again. Um, but he has been he has been a winner. So he's up to equal fourth now on the list of most AFL-VFL wins without a flag. Is that right? Um, Who's number one? If he, doesn't, if he doesn't get one, he's going to be number one by the end of next season. Yeah, right. Um, Number one is Robert Harvey, yeah. Oh, yeah. who played in 194 wins. David Mundy almost got him, 192. Wow. Um, and then two former Saints in Del Santo and Goddard with 184, 183. Danger's on 181. So he's only 13 behind Robert Harvey. He'll chase him down if they don't win it this year. He'll chase him down next year. So that'll be a list he's pretty keen to remove himself off. I would have thought. Uh, one last question yeah. before we move on from Danger. If he gets it. Do you just call it then? If you're him, do you just yeah. go, all right, I, I've, he's clearly got a media career ahead of him, clearly. Mm. Uh, is, does he just go, all right, this is as good as it's going to get. I, I've got what I want. I'm going to go. Is or, he contracted? I don't know. It doesn't matter anyway. If he is or he isn't, I, he can still make it. I wouldn't that have call. thought so, right? No. I, think he's still got a, I think he's still got a fair bit to go, no? I don't think he's Maybe got Maybe not long. a fair bit, but I think he's still got – I think he's – going again next year. Yeah. I reckon it changes had like a hopper or someone nominated Geelong, then that becomes more of a question for Geelong. But I think he goes, yeah. he goes again. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. So back to me. So while we're talking about legacies and what this game means, I mean, we're, it basically boils down to grand finals are all or nothing games, right? You either become 
a hero, you become a premiership player or, and there's plenty of examples here of teams and players falling just short in the past few years and then it all falls in a massive hole. Think about GWS, think about mm. Collingwood in 18, mm. obviously the Crows in 17. Um, so it's all or nothing and just about the most all or nothing guy as far as the stakes go this weekend is Gary Rowan. So he's he's <laughs> on the verge of completing... No, in terms of what it what it means, he's on the verge of completing a dream September. Like, think about if they win. He had this monster qualifying final game, um, kicked a couple against Brisbane, silenced the doubters about performing on the big stage. He can beat his former club, all of that storyline. And then if it goes the other way and he has another quiet grand final and becomes the first guy in the AFL era to go zero and four in grand finals, there's everything that goes with that storyline as well so this mm. is just a massive this can go either way and as i said it's it's one thing or the other it's it's either all and it's one of the great september stories or it's nothing and there's there's forever that question mark on a a career that's been pretty damn good but it's kind of the asterisks on it right for for a guy that's not a star we talk about him a lot <laughs> he gets talked about yeah. and that's remember the injury that he had early on and the way he plays his footy like particularly early before that injury. Mm. Like, he was so weird to watch. He was different. He's fast and twitchy and kind of yep. super talented. And he's mm. a really good mark overhead. Like, he's he's got all the attributes to be like a star, hasn't he? Like, yeah, it, yeah. just for whatever reason, it's never worked out, mainly the injury stuff. Uh, I know what you mean, though. Like, you don't want to be zero and four because that follows you around forever. And that's a thing. You're a, you're a trivia question. Yeah, yeah you yep. are. You're a trivia question. You don't want to be that kind of trivia question. Um, but yeah, and he's also had like the off-field stuff that's obviously come up over the journey too. So I think there's a lot of Gary Rowan-centric like stuff that's happened over the yeah, journey. Yeah, his Wikipedia page would be pretty it's full. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty everything. lengthy. But other people are jumping in to edit it. Um, but yeah, like he does what he does. He, he's landed in this role as this forward who needs to, he basically is a decoy runner a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but then he has games where he can pop up and kick four and stuff. But, oh, yeah, he needs to, like, I suppose there is a fair bit riding when you talk about, you know, what's riding on it for people. Yeah, I hadn't thought about um, that. And it probably even yeah. personally, having been in an Ammos club who lost five grand finals in, like, <laughs> six or seven years, it hurts. <laughs> it's not great. Did you ever get one? <laughs> no. Oh, brutal. So, okay, I was, uh, yeah, I was president when we won a Colts flag. That's about as close as we got. <laughs> okay, so you're a good administrator, yeah, and, and yeah. you can and you can see it affects your personality. You can see Nick; he's a shadow of his former self. Really he's mate. It's, I couldn't even look at Instagram for days after the uh, the ones had just gone. Just all these clubs celebrating their flags. I was so still bitter hurts. and twisted. Still, yeah, it's a little bit still hurting. Um, before we move on, I just want to ask. You touched on it, and I thought thought this is where you were going, Robbo, when you were first bringing up this topic. Um, often we see the losing grand final team drop off significantly at times, mm. miss finals yep. or, you yep. know, worse. Either of these teams, which one would have the most likely to drop off scenario if they Geelong, lost? Geelong, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely Geelong just with that age profile. But I think the biggest tick for both of these clubs is that both of them have lost grand finals in the past decade and haven't gone that way. Yeah. Both yeah. of them have been around the mark. They've retooled. Sydney um, had one year, one bad yeah, year. Yeah, Sydney had that one bad year in 2020, and then they bounced straight back. So they haven't, they haven't dismantled, and they haven't felt the need to dismantle. And then off-field stuff hasn't affected them either. So they've been a really good example of okay, if you come so far but fall just short, you don't have to blow the whole thing up. Yep. You don't have to lose your minds going on a crazy camp. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You're pretty close. 
you just need to make some minor adjustments and these guys have been the best at doing that and remaining super, super relevant. I actually think these two clubs are the best example of what you should be trying to be. Yeah. Which yeah, is in the mix every year. You might not yep. be the best team every year, but you'll be one of the best four or five. And at some point it all comes together and everything works and you're in a grand final and then, you know, who knows? Mm. Like trying to be this world-beating team that goes 22 or 20, 22 and zero and storms through the finals, that's less realistic. Yeah. So if you can just be a, be there all the time, mm. you're going to win every now and then you're going to get one. The right? reason I say I don't think Sydney would fall off a cliff, there's all that, but it also feels like a bit of a nice surprise that they're yeah. in a grand final. But that can like be, that can be a red flag sometimes. Yeah, like, but as long as they treat it like that. Yeah. Um, well, Adelaide was a, oh, and even Richmond was an oh. When Richmond was an oh when they first got in. Uh, yeah, the doggies were, right. oh, this is nice. And, yeah. and then they missed the finals the next year. Well, the doggies year. was like a once in a lifetime, like dream Lightning run. In a bottle through the Leic- final, that was yeah. the same year as Leicester City, remember? Oh, yeah, it was and too, the Cubs, wasn't it? And the Cubs mm. won that year as well. There was something it was going that on that year. It was that weird year where everybody just, all the, all the <laughs> random teams yeah. won. Uh, I'm going to go, so t- turning a little bit to the trade, so the news today, or it came out, I think it was Cal Toomey on afl.com.au, if it wasn't, apologise to whoever it you was. You're going to steal mine here. What, is it Jack Bowes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, yeah you have however okay, long we take to this guy. I'm going to come up with a new one. So the idea, so the AFL's now being more lenient with sort of salary dumps, and that's what happened last year with Will Brody. I think they got picked 19, whatever Freo got. But Freo basically got paid, picked 19. Yeah, they got to get Matt Johnson. To take Will Brody. Yes, so that, and it looks like Gold Coast are probably going to do that again. This time it sounds like pick seven might be on the table for whoever picks up uh, Jack Bowes, yep. who has two years remaining on a heavily back-ended contract. Mm. So their benefit for them, they'll have – they uh, believe they'll get pick five for Isaac Rankine, so they don't need two first-rounders. They probably had a guts of first-rounders. So they're going to table pick seven, so someone pick up Jack Bowes to open up, you know. If it's back-ended, you know, they could be clearing close to, you know, $1.6 million, $2 million. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, who knows um, the over the next couple like. of years. But yeah. at least you'd assume he was in, he was a top-ten pick. He was an academy player, and he was a really good player for a yeah, couple of years Yeah, he looked like he was going to be a very good player for them. And they were paying overs for all their kids then. So yep. it's not – Beyond the scope to imagine that he's getting clear an eight hundred. No, that's possible. Yeah, because let's say he was on a let's say it was four years and it was two and a half mil. There's every chance that something they structured it. Bang. Yeah, and and that's how they a lot of clubs work these days. Yeah. Front ending and back ending is a big deal. So you so the benefits for Gold Coast is they clear the room because they've got to re-sign Anderson, um, uh, Raul, Raul King eventually and needs a longer like, contract because yeah, he only signed two, one. didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, so yeah. he'll be coming up again. So yeah. they clear, and I think they want to play in that free agent space now and bring in a big fish over the next couple of years to complement where they think they're on the cusp. They'll need to get into that free agency yep. pool to fix some deficiencies. And he's fallen out of favour. Like he's had injuries and stuff. No, he's been they, playing in the NEFL or the yeah. v, whatever they call the VFL now. I think it's still the VFL. It's still the VFL. But he's, VFL. In, yeah. he's in there. He's in the <laughs> yeah. twos. Let's and, just uh, say three that. Three Queensland teams playing in the prelim finals. <laughs> yeah. But it's. Uh, oh, it's I didn't want to get you started, Nick. <laughs> Wait, mate. Yeah, <laughs> the bugbear. Here they come. Oh. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's the philosophy behind it. Um, also, strange for. I mean, they they they're employing a different backline now, and he doesn't yeah. really fit in. Okay. Oh, he fits, but not for that price. So I've got multiple thoughts on this, as that's why I had it as my topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, I love the idea of teams having to give away stuff to take money. Get on. contracts. Like it's absurd to me. That is such bad management, and we saw it yes. with Collingwood and Trelaw. And it, uh-huh. look, it worked out okay. Like they seem to have actually got it right somehow. Their team bumped yeah, straight it up. Worked. Um, but compounding a mistake like the way you structured that contract 
by then having to give away big seven. A, a big asset. Yeah. And and somehow maybe justifying it in your head that, yeah, but we also got pick five, so we don't need it. Well, it's like, no, no, no. No, no. <laughs> you could have had everything. You could have had it all. So, like, yes, I get it. You need to clear that space. But don't pretend that this is somehow a positive thing for you. No, it's this a is bad. A, this is a very bad thing that you're having to you're do. You're digging yourself out of a hole. Yes. And you're digging it out creatively and probably, like, innovating a little bit, but you shouldn't have been in the hole in the first place. Now, on the flip side, I love this for opportunistic clubs. Yeah. If I was running a list, I'd be like, right, I already like Jack Bowes. Yeah. Right? And I know I've got to pay him a lot. So if I had cap room for that two years, first thing I'd be doing is i say, right, Jack, okay, we really like you. What we're going to do is we're going to take that two-year deal that you've got at 800 a year. Yeah. We're going to make it a five-year deal, but we'll spread out that money a little bit more. Yeah, and that's what Freo did with Brody. Correct. So they, so they turned 600 it, into two, that's 300. That's right. Exactly. And that's what I'd be starting with. And then I'd be taking that pick and I'd be mm. going, great, I'll get two assets for nothing. Yeah. Like, and there are lots of clubs out there. Essendon would be the top of the list. Yeah. Uh, if West Coast aren't making a call on the back of this, they're silly. They're not, they're not making a call. I already checked in about that with the WA clubs. They're not making any calls with Bose, <laughs> which need, stunned me. Yeah, they that, need That picks. to me would be an obvious one for West Coast to do is to say, right, this kid's 24. Yeah. He's right in the age group that we don't have anything of. Yeah. He could be a midfielder. Let's spread that money out over a few years. And get a pick. And we get a picks. second top seven draft pick in a year when we really need kids mm. through the door. That would be a phone call that I would be absolutely making if I was yeah. there. I would not, yeah, you wouldn't be hesitating. Yeah. But I, but I am very much here for the, for the drama and the ridiculousness of teams having to <laughs> offload <laughs> draft picks just to get players off books. I love it. I can't wait for the day where so, the contract's so bad that no one will take pick, you know, pick yeah. 10. Can you pick one? You just go, you got to take him. You, you got to take him. Oh. I've, I've got nothing to add to that before the siren, guys, but I'm just blown away by the fact that we're 48 hours away from an amazing grand final and both of you guys wanted to talk about Jack Bowes as your topic. <laughs> Unbelievable. Are we a big Jack? Jack Bowes has got a lot of airtime in this podcast over the years. We, uh, he, he's, I wouldn't say he's our boy, but he's, he, he's, he was close. I feel like we, like, I would love to know our percentage of Gold Coast tour compared to all other football <laughs> Significant. media. Significant. Significantly We're definitely higher. leading the Logan Stakes, oh, but the Gold Coast, I think we're right at the leaderboard too. Okay, so I had a backup point, um, and it's not grand final related. Sorry, Robbo. Because you knew the high risk of Everyone. Jack Bowes being poached <laughs> by someone else. That's why. Well, to, no, so what actually happened is that I this was my second point, and then I swerved and threw the Dangerfield point in because I liked your buddy one. Uh, so I just went, oh, we'll just Oh, that's pig-. right. You didn't have a grand final one. So I piggybacked, okay. right? <laughs> You've got to be agile, flexible and agile. <laughs> flexible and agile. That's what That's Gil it. says. Um, so this point is about the Brownlow medal. Now, I don't want to talk about Crips and should he have gotten it or not and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Mm. Um, but I want to talk about the voting process. Can I just start by saying I love the Brownlow? I've loved it since I was – as long as I can remember, I'd watch every vote yeah. and I'd hang on the edge of my seat um, yep. and I still love it. Um, yep. But in saying that, there are far too many, and I, I did actually hear this from you guys on Monday. There are far too many games where you're just like, "What?" Yeah. And there are far <laughs> too, and there are far too many games where defenders, ruckmen, forwards can play outstanding games of football and get no love. And I understand it's hard for an umpire because you're around the ball a lot. Midfielders are around the ball a lot. You're seeing them up close. It's it's but they easy should, they to rotate give them. as well. Like there's three of them out there. They that do. Rotate through. I, I would like to see. And I don't know if this will ever happen, but I I think it would be a great idea. And Robbo, 
this is right in your wheelhouse. <laughs> right? Yeah, it hit me. I'm this is it. this is right in the space where you would actually be perfect. In fact, this is for you now. <laughs> you take the Brownlow medal and you somehow weight the votes with the coaches' votes and the players' association votes. Mm-hmm. You somehow weight all three of those polling well, situations. Well, there's like an ultimate medal. Yes. And that's the one we actually care about, right? (laughs) So the Brownlow's great. It's an umpire's award and then the coach's award and then you've got the Players Association award. I would like to see a culmination of all three or a combination of all three to have the overall winner. So who get equal weighting? Well, that's what Robbo's got to work out. That's Robbo's department. (laughs) I've just come up with the idea. Robbo's the man with the numbers. Robbo, how do you weigh this, man? But I I just think- Oh, my God. If you could have- I'm trying to think about what you call it. You call it like the Brown Coach MVP Award or something. Well, you need a player. Melting all of them in together. You need a player and you need it to be a modern player. You need to decide who the greatest player is. It would have to be someone who's won- Gary Ablett, man. I would say it has to be someone who's won at least one of all three. Yeah, yeah, I was so going like, to say you'd, you'd almost go away from the midfield thing and reflect the fact that this is a more well-rounded, not just a midfielder's prize, and think about a uh, you know a Wayne Carey or something. Obviously not a no, probably not probably not right now. Talking about right now. Okay, <laughs> let's go somewhere else with that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, look, I think it's got to be someone who's one or three. So yeah, Gary Ablett is. Fine, I think Gary because there's two. People. Matt Fife. He's one or three. You count two people. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that you just call it the Gary Ablett and don't you specify forward, which one. You got a midfielder. Yeah, yeah I like just that. the Gary yeah, Ablett. Yeah, and then it becomes the Ablett. I think the most important thing you'd have to do, and with the greatest respect to the player vote, I think you'd have to nudge the player vote down <laughs> a fraction by yep. way of percentage. Now, definitely. And also, I, there'd I be actually, too many guys who just don't watch footy, yep. vote for their guy, take 100%. the piss. Um, so you'd have to nudge that one down a bit. Yep. Um, in the waiting, like you'd see, have to do that. And I, I would like yeah, to see a media yeah, vote yep. in there too. I, I think you have a select panel of, say, 20, yeah, no more okay. than 20 mm-hmm. across the country. Yep. And you have to you have to earn that space. It's like a golden ticket, mm-hmm. and you also get to vote on a weekly basis. Don't mind the select. Yeah, very select. Right select group. Yeah, and, and it's known. It's put up in lights. You're, you're accountable, yeah. and you've got to show your votes, right? That'd so, work. I, 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 and, and having that as the fourth leg, um, and I think you. I actually feel like the coaches get it pretty close to right. Yeah, like. Mm. They're the closest we get, I think. Except when they get the wrong. Who's they had the wrong? Oh, the wrong Warner. The wrong Warner, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, they're pretty spot on. Yeah. yeah, and that's always you always get the gut feel out of those ones where you're like, yeah, that looks right to me. I feel like that too. I think like, oh yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty mm. good actually. Um, and you can see what they value too. So there you go. There's my pitch, Robbo. You take it from here. Um, oh, mate, I absolutely love it, and and it has that the media part of it has that um, the aspect that we see in the NBA where the media. There is a media vote, and I do like the fact that media reps reveal their voting. Yes. They get to reveal yep. their thought process and yep. argue for and argue against. So, yeah, because um, you do want, yeah, you, mate, you do want it. some uh, some some argument. You do want mm. some. Hey, hold on of a minute. Course. How come? Of course, you know, uh, Mitch Cleary thinks that. You know, Gary Ablett was best on in that game where clearly it was Buddy Franklin. Retired like, for five years. You know, well, yeah. that would be really <laughs> controversial. But you know, yeah, of you, course, you, you need a and, bit of that. And we flagged, we sort of flagged this as a throwaway idea on Monday, I think. But as far as um, 
the Brownlow itself goes, you'd love to see just one or two times where you are able to ask the umpiring panel. You've just got yeah, to all the umpires on standby and you say, hey, I'm going to use my review right now for this one. Queen's birthday, why did you guys give my oh, check the three? I love that. When Clayton Oliver got the two and Mason Cost got the one. It's not an interrogation thing. It's not. It's just basically a show you're working out. You've got 30 seconds to make the case. Go, it's, it's why the, did you do it? It's, it's very much our... Um you know, Wizard of Oz, don't look behind the curtain, yeah, or yeah, Willy Wonka, yeah. don't ask for the secret. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a it's a really weird thing that we have with the Brownlow votes, and we're never allowed to ask the umpires about it. No, how and do you do it? It's it's a it's a real sort of secret society thing that they've protected forever. Huh. It's really strange. I, I don't quite get it why it's <laughs> like that. I would love if you just had like. You just pick one of them. So maybe it's Dean Margetts, right? Because he loves he was good at media. You block him on the stage. (laughs) And as you say, just every now and then someone can hit the red button. And and Dean has to go. Yeah, okay. I, I, even I can't explain that one. I don't yeah. know what happened. Um, <laughs> I wasn't on that game. But blah blah blah. blah. I would love that. It would be great. Razor, fantastic. Bring razor back Have out. to be Razor for sure. Yeah, love to see it. How about bets? Thanks to the Tab Touch app. Um, what do you got for us, Robo? Do you want, to kick, you oh, you want me to kick it off? So yeah. on, is Robo me? So well, nothing, Robo, you Zave say, this so week. Am I Rhino and Rhino is Zave? <laughs> yeah. Oh, let me some have some fun with this. Hang on. No, Rhino, I think you'd much rather be Rhino. You don't oh. want me being Rhino. Okay, but I, do I have to bet as terribly as you've been betting for me all year? Yeah, you do. Because <laughs> in that case, Jake Collajazny for the norm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. first goal, double. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> and Brisbane to win. Brisbane to win somehow, yeah. Yeah. I'm taking some value for Zave. I had a bit of a look further down the page, Norm Smith-wise. Tom Atkins is at $41. Oh. If you want some serious value, this is a guy who has played some really big, particularly we talk about Geelong being that second half team, or both of them being a second half team, but Tom Atkins has had some massive third and fourth quarters Mm. this year where he's been in the guts. Um, he certainly has that responsibility. He can rack up the numbers on the tackles and the clearances. If you want a little bit of value, Tom Atkins is your guy at 41. I like it. Ooh, I like I'm going it. the same sort of panel. So I'm going Norm Smith, and I'm just trying to get some value and just get over the line at the end of the day. Not value. I'm just trying to get some money in the door. Luke Parker, yeah. 9.50. Uh, well, that's not exactly a risk. Well, I don't need <laughs> a risk. I'm just trying to play it safe. And get in the, I think I'm, I'm back at... Level pegging zero oh, yeah. for the year, so I need to get over. Well, we're about $10,000 in the negative. <laughs> yeah, this has not worked out well. My and Robbo's combo. Uh, look, I've been thinking all week about a roughie for the norm. I've got this feeling that Sydney's going to win the game. Like, I, all week I've been like, oh, it's just going to tip you along. Probably because like, you want to. Like, maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe. I've I've been on those swannies. You have been, yeah. For been years. Very I've been like, no, this young crop of swans They're good. is a really good young bunch of kids. Errol. Rowbottom, Warner, mm. all these kids coming through. Blakey, um, they're really exciting. I, I, I don't know. I've got a funny feeling that they're going to turn up and they're going to play a great brand of footy. Um, I thought about Errol, a bit of a swerve for the yeah, I like Errol. I First Errol that. to play in a grand final in a while. Would be. Mm. But be it would have been a lot in the 1920s, I yeah. would have thought. Yeah. Joins the lofty um, ranks. I think if Sydney win the game, Tom Papley has to be elite. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to go Sydney. By one to twenty-four into into Papley for the norm. Okay, I like it. There All right, go. that's Hardball Bets with thanks to Tab Touch and the Tab Touch app. And this has been the Hardball Gets AFL show, completely packed for work or the weekend. This podcast is brought to you by the new Mazda BT50 SP. It's a complete package. We'll see you next time.